everyone, welcome to Coach Out Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and here's what we've got lined up for you this week. Um, what is your reason for coaching? And I kind of dug, dug deep really and, and figured out it's because I missed out on quite a lot. And the reason being is that I'm an August twin, so I was tiny for my age. Um, and I, I literally, I remember playing two, three seasons around sort of 10, 11, 12. And then I, I think the main reason was because I, I just didn't grow. I was so, so small for my age and I missed the whole of my teens up to say 17 when I started back again at Sunday League. So it's me driving that sort of supportive environment and yeah. really pushing, like pushing them to support each other. And like one of my mantras before the season, I did a bit of a presentation. And it was be the best teammate. In this episode, we spoke to John Adamson. John is a huge advocate of the grassroots game and is an aspiring coach to go to an even higher level. He's one of the thousands of coaches that gives up his time to develop others. As well as this, he promotes a culture of psychological safety. And in this episode, we'll explore his beliefs around this area. Hi, John. Thanks for uh, uh, joining us on the Coach Out podcast. Really appreciate you giving us your time. Um, just like I said, briefly to start with, let's um, hear a little bit about you, kind of what you're doing at the minute and, and where you're at coaching-wise. Yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, no yeah, so at the moment, I'm at Charlie FC. So we're going into the under-15s next year in the JPL. Um, I took them last season as well, under-14s. And before that, I uh, assisted in the 16s at Charlie. Um, I passed my level two last year as well. Uh, and I've got a few youth modules and goal level one and that sort of stuff from back in the day. Um, I've been coaching about 14 years now, and mainly at grassroots. So at FC St. Helens down in uh, St. Helens. So yeah, Charlie's been a, a good addition to my experience and yeah, really enjoying it. No, brilliant, because for me, this is, I've been wanting to get you on for a bit because I know we've had some chats in the past and it'll be good, like I said, the, the topic we're going to go into. But before we go into it, just a bit more around like, again, you said you worked at grassroots quite a lot, but what's your motivation for that? Because again, like you're probably in the boat of quite a lot of coaches out there and ones that potentially listen that don't get paid, they volunteer, they see it as like a hobby. Like I said, they might aspire to go higher or stuff, but what's your probably like your, your get up and go thing that gets you there every Tuesday, Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday and the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of those unique coaches that, although I was in grassroots for so long, I've not got a kid to follow and coach. So <laughs> I am I am a little bit of a, an oddball in a sense where I just do it literally for fun because I don't get paid either. So um, uh, slightly different in that respect. But yeah, I think I actually had a big reflection moment on a CPD event uh, probably about 10 years ago now and um, trying to fit and ask that question like I think it was what might be the mentoring one and um, yeah. what is your reason for coaching and I kind of dug a dug deep really and, and figured out it's because I missed out on quite a lot and uh, the reason being is that I'm an August twin so I was tiny for my age um, and I, I literally I remember playing two three seasons around sort of 10 11 12 and then I, I think the main reason was because I, I just didn't grow. I was so, so small for my age and I missed the whole of my teens up to say 17 when I started back again at Sunday League. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that's part of it. I kind of missed, I kind of personally missed that environment. I wanted dad taking me to football on a Saturday morning sort of thing. And 
I, I missed a chunk of that. So part of this is me giving back and wanting to see that experience and helping other people have that experience. No, I love that, mate. It really gives gives me a bit more kind of insight into like the topic we're going into. But just around that, where do you sit in terms of like developing kids, but also kind of making it just enjoyable for them? Where do you find yeah. kind of your role in that? Um, I think there's a fine margin for kids, like you know, um, with coaching at grassroots, especially you know, it's it's all it's all about fun and engagement and getting the numbers each week, etc. But uh, more the more I've been coaching, especially the last few years, I've noticed that language is a key part of things. So, you know, a kid could have like I call them glass walls, that that sort of a mental barrier uh, because someone once at school called them rubbish at football or you, you can't tackle or some coach that they've had in the past has said um, you can't, you're not fit or something like that. And these things stick in kids' heads. So the one key thing that I want to do is just to turn that table a little bit when they come to football, give them that bit of positivity, tell them they are good, tell them they can do stuff and tell them that they've got potential. And the more they work hard, the more they put the effort in, the more they listen, to people who want to help them, the more they'll get better and unlock some of those mental barriers. So for me, it's, yeah, it's just been one of the good guys on in, yeah. in, to turn some of the tables and some of those um, yeah. negative self-talk, basically. No, I love that. And like, again, I can vouch for you because again, I've, I've sat with you and spoke to you a couple of times and I get that kind of feeling about you, about you, John. Um, and again, that leads in nicely because like I said, you, you spoke quite a lot. We discussed like stuff to, talk about and you talk quite a lot around this this term of psychological safety so probably to start with for anyone kind of listening or um, kind of thinking what what does that mean like for you John how would you kind of define it and what would you say it looks like yeah so it just it just basically means mental safety so create an environment where people um, in a team feel safe to be themselves so take risks speak up offer opinions disagree have a bad day uh, without the threat of like you know judgment or punishment so I want to create that environment they can turn up with a smile on the face and they're going to enjoy it be supported and then be stretched as well within that now that includes coaches assistant coaches and parents like parents are such a big wheel in this in the cog as well so uh, especially this last year when I was coaching in the 14s and I got a lot more engagement with um, this JPL squad that I've got, hence the reason I sort of crossed over from grassroots a little bit. Um, uh, and the parents are so key to that, to sort of give you a little, a little bit of context. Oh, I saw might be in a bit of a bad mood, or why he's just spies dummy out on the pitch, or why is that, it looks a bit sad, or why is that, you know, he's frustrated. And they can really help support the overall support for the, for the players. So, um, yeah, get them on board. But, yeah, the definition is create a safe environment for them to be themselves. And for me, that means they then can reach their potential and be, be their full, full selves. Brilliant. Um, and, again, what, what maybe, like, try and kind of articulate your environment to us at Chorley. So what would that look like in regards to kind of the day, well, not the day-to-day, but the... The couple of sessions a week and the game on a weekend, like what would that like look like in your environment from when the kid turns up to when the kid leaves? Yeah, 
it, it probably doesn't look too much different to you know many many other coaches you know you, you turn up you introduce you say hello to them have a little chat with them see how the day's been etc um i think one one sort of reflection point i had was that i had a bit of a a bit of a moment over COVID of trying to define myself as a coach and like what, what are my strengths what am I good at because one thing I don't see as one of my super strengths as a coach is actually that on field you know cones out tactical technical I am very much what well, I, I kind of call myself a manager because I yeah. feel like I'm a manager of people more than a coach of the game in a sense like, as in the priority my prior personal priorities so I'm obviously level two but I don't confess to be much better than anyone else in that respect on the, on the pitch when the corners are down. But it's creating that environment that, that I, I lean towards. You know, when I've, when I've watched a match on a Saturday, I come back on a Sunday, I write a bit of a report to myself and that's my time to reflect. And I might then message a couple of parents of, of players. We use Heyer and Hedger on yeah. uh, team app. Um, and I might just reflect with them and just say, oh, it was great that thing you know, Will did yesterday. We've been working on that in training. Or uh, little Jimmy, seen, his head seemed to be a bit down yesterday. Was there something up? Is everything okay? And it's actually just digging into them as people, uh, understanding where they're coming from, why they might have had a bad day, and picking up on key things. And not just on the pitch stuff. I'm really, I'm really keen on. You know, we have to put. Um, we've got 4G pitch, and we have to put like spiky cones on, on the uh, tall cones on the corn flags. Um, so the, the pain question is, and we've finished, because someone even wants to go and get the cones. And it's like, there's always these one or two lads who go and get, go and get them, you know, and cre- create that environment to make sure there's no rubbish around and there's no bottles and no empty bottles and the change rooms clean. Um, so it's kind of promoting that and praising yeah. those things rather than saying, Oh, why don't you? Why have you not not, not helped? It's more just praising the good and say, I really appreciate that. Mate. Thanks for that. You know. So, so when you when just... you praise, sorry, John. When you so when you praise, do you see a change in regards to the ones that you're not praising? Do they want to kind of follow suit and be a part of that praise culture, or do they kind of rebel more and just not do it? Yeah, I I, I don't know how to measure that in a yeah. sense, but I think because the environment, I you know. From feedback from from all the parents, etc., the environment's really good. So I've got a feeling, you know, they are taking that in. And I know a lot of things like that are subconscious as well. So the things you you see but not really taking aware of, you are still influenced by. So yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I do that reflection moment on a Sunday. Message the player and parent in a group and head you, and then I also write my notes on a before my Tuesday session. Just to feedback to a few people, maybe in person as well, on, on a few bits. So again, touching on them having a good game or, or, or having some struggles. You know, you could you can word it. I say wording is the key thing. So you could say you could easily say to, um, uh, um, as an example, you could say, "Oh, Johnny didn't look himself today. Is he okay?" So you could say it that way. But in, instead, many coaches might just say, "Oh, why did you have a bad game?" And, on Saturday May what was up and, and yeah. there's just the tone of voice and, and the, just the way you deliver things that actually the second one says I'm judging you and your performance the first one says I want to understand why I'm supporting you 
So for me, I could, as I say, a lot of the environment, you could probably not notice too much difference to any other coach that's around. Um, but just tweaking a little bit of language really yeah. helps to, to create that supportive uh, environment. Even if it's stretching someone, it's, that's still support. So I, I remember a lad last, uh, in the last season where one session was really challenging for him because I was, I was pro- promoting him to receive on a half term and, yeah. and go forward under pressure. And I gave him lots of repetition for this. And you could see he was frustrated, he's struggling and getting red cheeks and like, keep going, mate, you've got this, you've got this. And he pulled it off once or twice towards the end. And they're going, there it is, mate. That's, just, that's, that's the one. That's how you do it. And it's, again, it's just that supportive language yeah. and, and positivity about it. Um, rather easily a coach could say, oh, come on, mate, you can, you've got this. It's the same language, but actually it's just a tone of voice and a slightly yeah. different way of putting it. Just going back on a couple of bits there, like mm. um, around you. So going back to kind of you, John. Would you say again? You talk about this kind of manager role. Would you say you're good, or one of your strengths is like noticing things within that role? So like you said, around I see player A looks a bit down today. How like so you've seen it? Like whereas again, like you take away from the coaching side, if you're in the coaching and really running, running and driving the session all the time, you might miss them things. So do you feel like you? Is that like a even a good thing, probably outside of sport for you in terms of observational skills and noticing things? Yeah, um, outside of work, I've just changed job, but so I'm not managing anyone at the minute. But I, I'm, I like managing. So even at work, when I've got two, three, six people in my team. I like managing people. So I like understanding humans and people, why people do things. And that's all about understanding them. So yeah, I think that's certainly things like, you know, I'd make a sub on a Saturday. And because we take five subs, five subs and we, we did the JPL 420s sort of format, there'll be quite semi-regular subs happening. And once one player might come off and he might, and he might have had about 20 minutes, you know, he put it at 20 minute interval and he's coming off frustrated himself kicking the floor or upset and I just look over to the subs I don't have to say anything I'd look at one or two of them and go hey mate go and have a chat to him and, 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 and it's not me it's me driving that sort of supportive environment and yeah. really pushing like pushing them to support each other and like one of my mantras before the season I did a bit of a presentation and it was be the best teammate so for me, you can't be in a team without being looking out for each other. So yeah. that's the big thing that I say. I, I'm there to help them to look out for each other in as many ways as possible, but also to challenge each other as well. You know, it, unfortunately, in the team I'm in is you know, there's trials and there's, and there's you know there's players that might need to be released and exception new players come in. So that's a bit of a converse to the environment I'm trying to yeah. promote, but that just pushes them on that little bit further, help each other, push each other on as well. But do you feel, still feel you can promote that environment in, again, a little bit more cutthroat in terms of release and signing? Do you feel like you can, you can still promote that really well? Yeah, so the way I did that last season is um, we, we could basically get trialists at any point, registering interest for our team. Uh, my squad was a brand new squad, a brand new squad, and we have 20 players in our squad. So I only started end of July and I had so pretty much four weeks to, to get to sort of four friendlies and, and a few training sessions and my, my JPL season were kicking off. 
So, um, so yeah, what I said was I had windows for trialists and I'm very clear on what, what I'm doing and why I'm doing things. So I yeah. communicate really well. So, um, I said my first message to them all was right. Okay. Beginning of the season starting this Saturday, whichever beginning of September, I'm not going to allow trialists to come for the, for these first two months. I'll let you know when, uh, when it, when it happens or when it's coming down. So when it comes to the end of October, uh, and I say I've got a, a defender and a winger and a striker who, who's on the list to turn up, I'll communicate that on the hedger before before the training session. So I'll go, just to remind you, um, trials are open now. There are two weeks for the trialists that come down. And on Tuesday, we've got a player for centre-back, a player for swinger, and a player for striker who's coming down. And for me, that's not a nice thing to hear for them. Yeah. But actually, it's clear in the clarity, you know, it's better than turning up and having half a dozen new lads to, in front of them and they're going, whoa, what's going on here? It's honest so, as well. Yeah, you've got, you've got to be... The, the big thing is leading by example. Like, if I don't do these things, if I don't lead by example with support, communication, openness, vulnerability, all that sort of stuff, the, the lads, you can talk as much as you want, the lads won't yeah. follow it. So, so yeah. I'm, I'm from, I've been coaching 14 years now, so I think some of that's been learned from, from, the, from, that, from all the experience and obviously a bit from work. So, yeah. yeah. Now, I picked, I picked up on something else again because you said around your questioning. So you sound really kind of measured in terms of, like you said, like not, not digging a player out and going, like, why have you had a bad game? You want to know kind of the reasons behind it. What's kind of influenced that or have you trial and error learn from mistakes or has it been someone specific that you've seen that does that well? Um, I think it's learning. Um, especially in the last sort of three, four years, I've been, become quite a deep thinker like personally and I'm very reflective. And, and, and I realise things like context is key. You know, yeah. I, see, I see the players an hour on Tuesday, an hour on a Thursday and a couple of hours or so on a, on a Saturday. And there's so much more things that's going on in their lives than this footy. So um, for me, it's context is key. And it's the same with my old job as a data analyst, website analyst. I need to know the context of what's going on. So I think I've learned that, I don't know, by uh, you know, just personal learning and experiences. Yeah. But um, yeah, we're all human. We all have bad days. And there's always more stuff going on than what, what I see. So uh, yeah. No, but have, have you seen anyone? Because again, I know you're, you're really into CPD and going and watching or listening to podcasts mm. or um, conferences. Is there anyone you've seen particularly that you think is really good at this stuff? Um, well, from the language side, I had the pleasure of, as um, I mentioned, um, uh, well, Keith Mayer helped me out with my level two briefly. Yeah. And he's very strong on his language. Um, I think he did like an NLP, is it called? That sort of stuff and really focusing on language. Um, but Pete Sturgis sort of stands out as well because he's, every time I see his videos and his sessions, he's very open and very inquisitive in his questioning and his, and his environment. And he allows, he allows the play, he allows everyone to have fun and just keeps the guidance and, and guiding sessions. And asking lots of questions, like so. I think them two are sticking my head at the minute, but um, but yeah, yeah. 
not as good because I played two across all the phases of like development. Keith sorry works with older at times and Pete's very much around like the foundation phase. Mm. And again, like present going into this psychological safety stuff again, put you on the spot a bit around again, if you're going into a new group or like you said at the start of this season you talked about this best teammate mantra, where would you start where what would be your, your first thing that you'd tackle if for instance this was a, a new thing you were trying to instill in a group um it's got to be clarity for me so understand player and parent expectations so again that context and then laying down my the way i want to do things and having that discussion about it so i did like i said i did a bit of presentation on um you know, I had one slide to the parents to say, we've got to support, have a positive match day, you know, no extrinsic motivations, you know, let's keep the hedging up to date and use that as the Bible in a sense of sessions, etc. I've got an open door policy. So it's just kind of like explaining my methodologies and having an open, open chat with everyone. Yeah. And even saying those things like, I don't know everything, I'm here to learn still. And it's, you know, we're all here together as a team. It's not the team is on the pitch. It's everyone else as well. So, um, and then I go into that bit of detail. I, I quite like uh, this sort of presentation style. I think the kids need that, that as well sometimes, just a bit of a chat about things. And yeah, I came up with examples of be the best teammate and said like, you know, when, when could you be the best teammate? What does that look like? How, yeah. What examples could you do in, before a training session, during a match, you know, away from a break or whichever. So trying to make them think and, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so clarity and context and that sort of open door policy is the first yeah. sort of step, really. And what's your process when someone steps outside of that kind of psychologically safe environment or the values that you guys are trying to promote? What's the process from you? Um, again, context, what, what, what's happening. So, um, I, I, I had a really good example of a player this season. So he's, he's a striker and beginning of the season, he started to drop in a bit deep, deeper in the field. So deeper into the field. So I kind of called him Cam, right? You play, oh, you're playing Cam this week. Yeah. But then he could drop it even deeper. It was coming into sentiment, <laughs> literally. And he'd only scored a handful of goals up to sort of, March time, so I kind of just sat and sat down with him after a training session and said, "Can we have a quick chat?" To, to with him and his dad and said, "Why did you come so deep?" And he was like, "So we we, un we unpicked it in the sense that he's like, well, I don't know what cam is. I, don't, I play striker. I don't I don't know what cam means." <laughs> and I was like, "All oh, right, I thought that's what you played because you just dropped deeper." And there's such a small thing where we, yeah. we had a a misunderstanding of, of what the context of what that role was. And I said, all right, then, on Saturday, you're, you're striker, yeah? Yeah, we'll, we'll. so sort of things like that. I said, what, what do you do on a Sunday when you play Sunday? Like, how do you play differently? Well, I don't come as deep. Uh, I play on the shoulder. I'm like, well, why don't you do that on a Saturday? Hmm. Oh, well, you, you tell me to play cam. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm sorry for the confusion. And I'll, I'll hold my hands up uh, and, and set him on his way a little bit. So we scored a few goals and then... Um, Another thing started creeping in, like frustration. So he started to really 
get a little bit hot-headed on match days in, during the matches. And there was periods where he'd gotten this mo- these moments and he would, might as well not be on the pitch because he would he's just not influencing the game at all or anything negatively. Started to fail people, giving ref back chat, etc. So after a few weeks of this, trying to chat to his dad, chatting to him, trying to understand it, um, I got I got him sat him down again. He was like, "Come on, mate, what's what's going on?" And when we unpicked it this time, it there was there was lots of things in there which, again, was the mental barriers, things in his head that were stopping him from reaching his potential. And the wording I'd go about it is again. Your potential is here, and at the minute you're here, what can we do? What's the black barriers? What we're gonna? What's the blockers to, to get you to reach your potential? Um, I'm just trying to be careful of what what, what I say because no, but we're, conversations. But do you think um, any of the barriers were like your environment that you have? Um, not necessarily, not specifically. Um, I suppose yeah, that was an example more of, of the sort of open openness of the environment really yeah. um but the fact that he he opened up about being honest about and you know and apologizing for those situations and understanding it's not it's not acceptable so understanding the non-negotiables and understandings we have as a squad and then working together to then look to rectify that together yeah. so and then Kind of going on to kind of the more coaching on the grass stuff. Like, where do coaching styles have a place in terms of like developing this this topic? Yeah, yeah um, I'm I'm very much a question. So, like, I, I want to challenge them. I want them to think. Like, for me, footballers are thinkers. They need to be good thinkers. So, um, even towards the end of this season, I'm trying to make them think about. What formation is the team playing against? We're playing against. What does that mean for us? What do we do yeah. about that? So, if for me, it's it's making them think for themselves and think about solving problems. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm quite a sort of a guided discovery sort of guy. Q and A, um, but I have I have noticed Q and A isn't quite imp- as impactful as I'd like. Because it's Why? easy to say in front of a second, end of a set training session, hi lads, how was that today? Did you enjoy it? Four or five lads, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was, what was the topic today? What did we talk about? So one lad chips in. Um, and what does that mean? What else was there? They did it. Two, three, four lads chip in. But does that mean the other 15 knew what it was about? Yeah. yeah. So I've kind of reflected on that a little bit, that that isn't quite the way to really ensure that everyone's um, got the picture. Uh, I suppose it goes back to the, the doing and not saying stuff. Like, I, I need to see them to see that they've understood things. But maybe also do those individual drive-bys to say, like, what's the topic today? Or do you know how that influences your role? Or, you know, have those individual chats. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And again, if he's done away, though, like you said then about the, the Q&A stuff, like, again, I think we've all made that that mistake at times where you ask and you think they've answered, that's it. But if you're, if you've got access to more staff or potentially like an assistant coach, could you do that in a, like two smaller groups or three smaller groups and you might get a little bit of a, a conversation um, sparked through that? 
yeah, yeah, that obviously that certainly would help probably, you know, doing those. And I do that um, during training. So I'll get, say, they're in teams of threes or fours or sevens, etc. I get them in teams with those smaller groups to discuss things. Um, so you get a bit more understanding out of those smaller groups. Yeah, so I agree with you in that respect. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. And then how does that link? I know you talked a little bit about drive-by coaching. How does this then start to link into like individual player development or like I said, a player centered kind of coaching approach. Cause I presume that's, that's a part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you've got to, I think it's just, I go back to the language. You've got to be positive in that sort of stuff. And it's that, there's that balance between support and stretch, what I call it. So it's like, you've got to show that it's a safe environment and supportive and you've got to be just nudging them along, pushing them in, in, in certain environments. So, you know, it might be uh, praise that you do a drive-by. And obviously, you've got to be specific with the praise and mostly relating to the topic you want it to be um, related to the topic. But it is that subtlety of language. So things like you can see them struggling with something or trying something or they've just made a mistake and you just back them up and say, you've got this, mate. You can see you can, you try what you're trying to do there. Keep going. Yeah, good effort. Keep trying. And then obviously, identify those moments where they nail it or they, they made a slight improvement and you say, I saw that then, you're getting better, aren't you? You're nearly there. So it's, it is, you can't see everything. You know, you've got, there's, there's the only two or three of us coaches on a, on a, uh, on a training session and there's up to 20 lads. So I can't see everything, but if a, a, a certain training topic has a theme and, and a focus on a certain positions or certain players, then you could you could hone in on those yeah. and and make sure they understand and getting the most value at the session uh, and really sort of supporting them but push like almost like nudging someone up the stairs like it's a good way of putting it it's a good way of putting it though um yeah because again it comes back to that thing we mentioned earlier didn't we about like I think you come across as someone who notices things really well just through the way that you work and your and your coach. Um, is there anything else around like this topic around again psychological safety that you'd like to cover or you maybe think you still need to develop more within your group yeah well just touched on your second point there um, I don't think I was the best at being clear with that sort of PDP stuff um, when I reflected on the end of the season it, there were I gave feedback to the player and to the parent, but not in a concise manner and then making sure both understood as receiving the same message. Yeah. Um, although I got great, good feedback from, from the parents end of the season, I did an end, end of season sort of chats. I got a lot of really good feedback. And again, it was about the environment. It was about the, the, how much they enjoy it and how much they enjoy spending time together and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, um, I'm definitely going to look to improve that into next season. Trying to uh, be more concise and and try and not measure, but show 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 and monitor some improvements, etc. Um, other things, um, there's, there's subtle things that I that I did as well throughout the season. So um, I put birthdays in Hedger. So. 
I put them in there. So and it, it sounds such a small thing on, on, so, on someone's birthday. And only half the lads are in. He's on, on the 14s. Only half the lads are in at Headshots, most. And a load of parents. But just some subtle, subtle things that would show that you're supportive of them outside of football. Like, happy birthday. And, you know, you get a scream of 20, 30 happy birthdays on your birthday. And even if you've not got a head, Jeff, you know, the parent can say, yeah, look at all these messages you're getting here. Um, and w- because I'm a bit of a, a data geek in the, in the past, I've, I've, I've collected minutes for the games as well. So I actually, um, what I did was, and I, I just, just came out, this, this was just sporadic, one, just random one day, I, uh, I decided to start congratulating him for reaching 1,000 minutes for the club. And this became a thing that I did. So. Yeah. It, because our games are you know, twenty-minute sections, it was quite easy for me because I'd do most of my subs on the twenty minutes. Yeah. So I'd know who who played each quarter. I kind of remember, and I'd go right. You played twenty. You played forty. You played sixty. You played eighty, and then I, the spreadsheet would be accumulating them. And the lads just got a little, little bit. The parents jokes a little bit, but I think the lads got a bit. But you know, for it, I, I've got, I've got a thousand. Um, when actually, if you consider how many thousand, I think it's only a few games um, in, in that respect. So well, yeah, again, I think it's, it's like, um, it's almost like something, not measurable, but um, a technique that links to, like I said, your overall philosophy and beliefs of how you want it to be. So like it sounds like, yeah, it's a little novel thing, but like I said, the birthdays and the minutes thing, I can imagine as the birthdays, everyone congratulates each other. But the minutes could be a thing because again, that's what you want to, what you want your outcomes of your season or the the kids' kind of time with the club to be, don't you? Mm, yeah, yeah. And we we actually on I think two or three occasions we replaced training with going watching the first team, uh, and it's it's not far from our training. So we went towards the end of the season, we had like a key match, and all the lads are on socialising together, getting to know each other all on the front board and behind one of the nets and stuff like that. And, you know, you just drop it in their ear like once, once or twice in, during the match and go, you could be on there in five years. It's only a few years, though. Think about it. Like, and it, although at the time it doesn't like the listening, that resonates because it's so close. It's within touching distance. And yeah. It just adds a bit of that drive and that stretch for them. Um, the other key thing was uh, away days as well. So when there's a couple of times we had to do long trips um, for our away days, and it was so key to get a coach on and get everyone in it, even if we had to pay for it ourselves, get everyone on the coach, all the players, and let them have social time outside of outside of the games and outside of the team. Um, and that for me creates them bonds that you need. I always say the term, I, the phrase I always say is, if you the more you know each other, the more you'll care about each other. And the more you'll work, you're more you'll work out for each other on the pitch. So it's that extra 10% thing, you know. If you see, I, I use this regularly, actually. If you see your mate's just been clattered by someone, ref's not give a foul, and he's gone to go on through on goal, are, are you the the one that's going to chase him down? And actually, by building all these little things and building those bonds between your players, it's the difference between winning or losing, basically, without, without saying, you've got to win this game. You just create, you're building bricks and a bricks in a wall sort of thing, just yeah. adding to adding to those um their environment and the sort of yeah. I love that. That environment. So yeah. I'd say probably last question to round it up, John, because I love that was what do you get more 
kind of joy and satisfaction from? Is it winning a game or seeing the development of these players and why? I think you know the answer, don't right? <laughs> um, To be honest, I don't think I even said the word win last season within during a match. I don't think he even said it once. And I don't think... I can only remember on one hand the amount of times a player went, where are we in the league? And because I just never talked about it and that wasn't the talk. Um, them interviews would be, intervals in matches would be, right lads, um, what problems have we got solved now? What's, what's happening? Uh, and have we had done some examples of what we said we were going to do? And we don't have time for anything else. That's it. One or two subs, everyone's back in. And we get to the end. You can, yeah, the lads are buzzing if they win a game and they're a, bit, they're a bit down when they're not. But one thing that we had as a squad last season, being such a new squad first season, was resilience. The first few, week, first few months in the JPL, as in brand new squad, we were on the wrong end of a lot, uh, quite a few results. But the lads just kept going because we started to build those bonds and those the more noticeable um, progressions, you know, uh, yeah. with the team. So, so yeah, um, I can't really answer your question. I'm the question there. So, um, it was, again, what, oh gives yeah. you more, what gives you more satisfaction well, winning, or, yeah, winning or, yeah. or the del- yeah. development of them? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah certainly development. It's, um, I say, I don't, I think the worst thing you can do is have expectation to win. Say, right, oh, these are, these are bottom of the league playing now. Let's, let's go out and let's go win this. We should win this today. That's the, that's, the, that's the FA Cup moment where you get Premier League team getting beat by a League One team, yeah. where you get complacency sets in. So, um, yeah, the last, last thing I say is win. Is, is a, the one thing I do say is, if you all play to your potential today, you can all come off happy. And we'll all we'll all learn stuff and develop and, and work ties and teams together. Um, so yeah, certainly not winning. Uh, sorry, the worst. I'm just going to the worst thing to say is this is a must-win game. It's just it's the worst phrase ever. Obviously, I'm in youth, I'm in development. I'm in youth development. So, but I have been in the, in the example where when I was assistant from the 16s because they had such a good season the season before and we were all new coaches, the expectation was we were going to win the league in a sense. So every game that we lost, it was like, this game is a must-win game. Next game, this game is a must-win game. And it just adds so much weight to the shoulders. So, yeah, certainly development. Um, and obviously coming from grassroots as well, that, that, wasn't, my, that wasn't my priority either. Um, obviously that tide will turn a little bit a little bit more as the ages go by, but I don't think it'll come. You'll lose that from like my car in a sense. It's, it's certainly more development. Nah, brilliant. Thanks for your time, John. Top man. Cheers, mate.